you know, how we can uh, maybe even enhance those connections. Uh, but before we start our chat, uh, I just want to mention that uh, I have two great guests uh, coming up uh, later on in the month on, on the 13th of June. Uh, Carol Christ is going to be with me uh, again. Uh, you know, in all these years, she's been on uh, a number of times, uh, but um, uh, she's going to be back with me, and we're going to be talking about uh, learning gratitude for the gifts of life, uh, and you know, and how that's uh, related to uh, egalitarian uh, matriarchal uh, traditions of gift giving and goddess spirituality. And uh, and then on the 20th of June, uh, my guest is Barbara Hand Clow. Uh, and uh, she's written some uh, fiction books that uh, are, are very interesting. Uh, and the one in particular we're probably going to talk the most about is uh, Revelations of the Aquarian Age. Uh, so if uh, you're a fan of Barbara or Carol Christ, um, you know, please make sure you tune in, um, you know, later on this month. Uh, and better yet, uh, hit the follow button on my show page. And then that way you don't have to rely on your memory or getting an email from me or um, seeing a notice on Facebook. Uh, that way it will show up right in your inbox and uh, you can go back and listen uh, to any of these shows uh, at your convenience. Okay, so uh, getting back uh, to tonight's show uh, with uh, Tammy Billups, uh, and, and the title of our show is actually the title of her book, and I'm happy to give it again, uh, Soul Healing with Our annual, uh, Animal Companions. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Tammy uh, by way of her uh, bio before we actually start. Uh, Tammy's a certified interface therapist uh, from the Center for Integrative Therapy. Uh, she's a gifted holistic healer for both animals and their people. Uh, she's an author, a speaker, and a columnist for the Conscious Life Journal. She facilitates Atlanta's only monthly animal service called Praying Paws. And uh, she's had numerous appearances on TV, radio, and podcasts, including CNN's The Daily Share, Primetime Live, ABC, and The Oprah Winfrey Show. Wow, kudos to you, Tammy. Welcome to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Oh, thank you so much, Karen, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, well, well, I'm glad to have you, too. And, you know, I would be remiss not to ask you, how did you land The Oprah Winfrey Show? Are you there? Oops. Well, she accidentally uh, dropped out. Uh, I'm sure she'll be calling right back. Um, so anyway, I'll talk a little bit about what we're going to be getting into uh, tonight. You know, what what we have. In, oh, whoop, here she is. She's back. I didn't have to wait too long. Hi, Tammy. So we got disconnected for a sec, <laughs> but there you are. <laughs> I'm back! Yay! I've been Good. Well, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, I, that was record time calling back in. And anyway, I don't know if you even heard my question. I said, you know, I, before we get into the topic of your book, you have to tell me how did you land the Oprah Winfrey show? <laughs> it, it came by chance, you know. It, okay. Um, it came through someone that I actually helped. Um, she had heard about me because I was 
in a park at uh, where I walk normally. <laughs> this is going to be a story you didn't expect for sure. And I actually intervened on uh, a woman being hit on by a man, and it kind of went viral back then. And then she heard about me and invited me to be on her show to talk about it. And then we talked about many other things, of course, as well. So I think she just wanted to meet me and honor me uh, for uh, having the courage to to help the, the woman in need. Well, well, absolutely. Kudos to you. You know, we uh, we we do have to uh, find ways we can to uh, be supportive of other women and you know stand there shoulder to shoulder. You know, whatever that looks yeah. like. Um, so um, that that's awesome, and and what a wonderful um, reward for you as well. Um, it really so- was. It was unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, those are the best kinds, you know. Um, so anyway, um, Tammy, we spoke, you know, just real briefly, um, you know, before the show went live. And uh, I was telling uh, telling you that I was really excited to have you on the show because um, of uh, my two beloved uh, feline daughters, as I call them, uh, Isis and Zena. We had them for 20 years, and they passed away last year. So any information, you know, to help um, enhance or facilitate or uh, give understanding of, you know, I think these mysterious connections, you know, we have with our beloved pets. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to uh, talk to you uh, about that tonight. And, you know, I, I yeah. guess I'd like to start with, um, you know, how did this um, this interest uh, or, you know, or your ability to um, glean this information, you know, where does it come from? You know, what was the inspiration, the catalyst? Mm-hmm. You know, I went through uh, four deaths back in the year 2000, and three of those were the three animals that I lived with. And through the passing of my first cat, um, I had a spiritual awakening, and I was suddenly able to see and feel and hear things that I wasn't before. And I went into actually training to become certified to be able to understand people's emotional wounds and help them heal them holistically through the subtle energy field. And then by chance, I happened to, because I've always been an animal lover, I asked some of my friends if I could tried to do sessions on their animals and the most interesting discovery I say discovery for me anyway uh, that I had was that you know in that first situation where my friend Andrea's horse was pretty much lame on one leg and she had wanted her to give birth one time and the vet had said she'll never be able to have you know give birth well when I was doing the sessions on her horse, I was seeing the same energetic defense structures that my friend has, meaning they were mirroring each other's emotional wounds. And I found that fascinating because there's the mirror, the magnets, right? So even the animals in our lives are mirroring for us our emotional wounds and those magnets within us are going to be attracted to each other. And Andrea had 
uh, a leg issue. <laughs> and, wow. of course, Maxie, her horse, had this leg issue. Well, after two sessions, Maxie was running, and she ended up having birth a year later. And, you know, she's perfectly fine now. But I just found that so fascinating, and the animals heal so much faster that it just ended up being a part of my practice. And then I tried to I tried to gently um, educate and raise awareness within the people about how when they heal together, they're going to heal even faster. Wow. Well, you know, well that uh, that then um, gives us added responsibility, doesn't it, uh, to heal yeah. our wounds because what we have is going to bleed over uh, into um, you know you know these these creatures that we uh, you know live with and, and love so deeply. Wow. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, and that's what happened with me in my 30s. I was sick all the time, and my animals were sick all the time. And once I began my inner healing journey, I, you know, my animals became 17 and 18, you know, versus 6 and 9, right? It was amazing. Wow. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, well, I think you, you said something in your materials about, uh, you know, animals or, I, I guess, a sponge. And I guess that's, that's one of the examples mm-hmm. of it. If we're, uh, if we're not in a good mood or we're not feeling well, uh, they, they pick up on that and, um, I don't know, almost become little empaths. Is, 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 would that be a way to think of it? Um. Indeed. First, know that they signed up to be with us for a reason. They are serving and involving their soul as well. So that's okay that they signed up for that. They they want to help us, and sometimes we will let our animals get closer to us than, than people. So they become uh, earth school teachers unlike people ever have for us. So, yes, they can become sponges, but I what I have found in my work is that they are going to sponge and receive more of the issues that we repress than what we release. Interesting. So sometimes they're going to, yeah. So if we're pushing it down and not looking at it, it's probably going to show up in a negative behavior within them. Or they're going to be Hmm. doing something that helps us tap into that. You know, if they're doing something that makes us angry, they're probably helping us tap into some anger that we've repressed. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I would imagine you have found this to be, um, you know, not just interesting uh, and, and provocative, but probably pretty rewarding, yes? Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> it's very rewarding to be able to to help people raise their awareness around this because sometimes when the person receives the message they're really trying to get, from the animal, you know, and you know, the, in the situation I just said earlier about the anger, well, I had a cat that would get in front of me every time I was on an important call with a business that I no longer loved, and she would meow, meow, meow until I realized that, oh, my gosh, she's helping me tap into anger. As soon as I got that, she never did it again, and she'd been doing it for years. Hmm. So Interesting. when we're able to get those ahas, that's so rewarding because we realize that we don't have to put the animal on medication. They're just trying to talk to us and tell us something. Yeah. Well, how how can you tell the difference, though, when they're trying to give us a message or it's just, uh, I don't know, maybe one of their, you know, little quirky behaviors or something? 
Well, therein lies quite the challenge, <laughs> for sure. And it, it, each situation would be different, of course. And so it would, I would have to take a specific situation. Do you have one? Or do you have oh, one you want to um, share or no? Well, let me think for a second. Um, you know, okay. uh, you know, my my two girls that passed were so well behaved. Um, I mean, they were they were just the best little angels. Uh, but Lily, who you know, uh, who we uh, got uh, a few weeks after Zena passed away, uh, rather unexpectedly. Um, I'll I'll tell that story because I do think it's magical and it kind of you know, plays into this, um, you know, when we went to pick up Zena's ashes at the vet, um, you know, usually the vet, uh, the vet's office was like just overwhelmed with people. But this particular day, it was really odd that the vet's office was empty. And there wasn't even a lady at the counter like usual. Um, and there's usually several of those as well. Well, this kitty pops up, um, you know, tiny little kitty. And she looked like Zena's sister who had passed like about six months prior. I mean, she was a spitting image of her. And she, you know, popped her, her head up and she looked at my husband and she looked at me and she looked at my husband and she looked at me. And I just got this feeling she was thinking at us, don't you recognize me? Um, and, you know, and as soon as I saw her, I thought she was um, Zena's sister, Isis. And, it, you know, and look, it, I, I, look, I, I, the, the Virgo in me, uh, you know, denies all of this crazy stuff. But then the metaphysical part of me goes, look, how can we know that this isn't true? But, you know, it felt like, uh, you know, going to pick up Zena's ashes sort of facilitated this um, meeting her because otherwise mm-hmm. I would have had, you know, I would have never seen her. And um, so anyway, we ended up, she, she was a foster and, you know, we, we took her in and she was very sick. And, uh, you know, this was a vet that was very holistic and they actually treat the animal's emotions. And they the vet thought that she had abandonment anxiety and, you know, she was missing her, uh, you know, her, her siblings and her mom because, uh, because she was so sick, someone just uh, took her out of the litter and abandoned her on the vet's doorstep. And... Um, you know, it, 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 but she's, I, I, you know, I guess she's just so different than Isis and Zena were. Uh, she's rambunctious and she gets into everything and she doesn't listen and, you know, she loves to play bite, you know, and uh, she's, she's, you know, she's a bit of a discipline problem, you know. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I, I wonder about that a little bit, you know, that that's been kind of a behavioral challenge, you know, with her, um, you know, she wants to play rough and bite and, um, you know, and she jumps up on things and knocks everything over and, you know, she's, she's like, a, you know, a chaos, <laughs> Um, so, you know, I, so I guess that might be, um, I don't know, one example does, uh, is that sort of the Mm -hmm. thing you were looking for? Yeah. So, so there's a lot of things that could be going on here in that either she, you know, she could be giving you a message of trying to lighten up in certain situations. I mean, you have to look at where your thoughts are right in the middle of the behavior, you know, and sometimes they're connected to the thought, and sometimes they're connected to an answer you're looking for as well. So there's some there's symbolic interpretations that you could be receiving too. So I mean, with the play bite thing, 
Gosh, that one's interesting because I haven't ever had that with any of mine either. But sometimes if there's um, a bound, you might have a boundary issue that, that you might be wanting to work on in that moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, there's something mm-hmm. about something about energetically, you know, that she's showing you, or the the biting. If you look at just the physical side of what she went through with abandonment. Anything oral goes back to some type of abandonment wound. So if they're biters over liquors, you know, chewers, you know, especially with dogs, they'll tear apart, you know, walls over abandonment, Yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like yeah. if they're trying to heal that. And so one of the things you can do, I don't know what your vet told you to do, but with the, especially the oral fixations um, and any type of biting, even if it's play biting where she's biting too hard, can go back to abandonment. Then it's like visualizing her filling herself with love and knowing that she's always loved, and that's going to help her. Um, that's going to help her really begin to heal that. I'm sure just being in your house, she's already feeling love like she'd never felt before, and you are helping her heal. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I have no doubt about that. And and you know, and I kind of intuitively feel like I believe you about all of that. You know, um, you know. It, it, I don't know anything about this, but that sounds, uh, that really does sound right to me. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So so uh, what you just said, you know, um, or I think you said, uh, maybe I connected the dots and picked it up out of your head. I don't know. Um, but or, or do you recommend that we send them, I mean, how do, how do you recommend we communicate with them? To send them visual images or uh, is it words we use uh, as well? I mean, what's the best way to convey an idea? Yeah, when there's a specific behavior like that, I'll give you an example of a recent client in that she had a cat that would, uh, it was different, but she had a cat that would kind of uh, come at her and kind of bite her hand. And to the point where it was really making her quite angry. And she was actually kind of scared because it would come out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. And so we yeah. talked about the importance in that situation of actually doing visualizations because her thoughts were so much on the negative behavior or the fear of it that they get these pictures in our minds. And so if the picture in our minds is focused on the behavior that we don't want, they don't get the red circle with the line through it. So, in, you know, so I, so I really encouraged her to, you know, a release her anger differently, you know, if that's what she's tapping into interferes and work on that and then be really helping uh, Brody to um, by sending him visuals of the behavior that she wanted and seeing him receiving love, you know, in a new way. And I'll tell you what, he only bit her maybe one more time after that. It's been, you know, some time now. And she she called. I didn't hear from her for like a month or two. And then all of a sudden when I did, because you never know what's going to happen when they call, when you don't hear anything. And she said, oh, my gosh, he's like a completely different cat. I'm giving him these different visuals. And so that wow. can really work. That's one of the ways that you can begin changing behavior is just changing your thoughts and your energy of expectation around it. Kind of working on okay. what is tapping, you know, what is tapping in for you, and then helping them give them a visual because they do pick up on our visuals in our minds, and giving them of the story what you want for their behavior. 
Okay. Okay. Well, that's um, that's helpful. Um, and um, it, it will begin back to your book. Um, was was I mean, obviously, you know, this is all you know useful information. You know that we all don't. Uh, you know, have access to unless we, you know, find someone like you. But was there a reason why it was so important for you to, you know, to write this book? Oh, yes. See, that that opens my heart, just you asking that question, because because my animals did hold so much for me in my 20s and 30s. And the sole purpose of me writing this book is so that animals and people can suffer less and love more you know and the more that they're able to raise their awareness around their animals then they don't then everyone gets to have a more loving relationship right so I feel like I really owe it to animals since they were who I let in my life and in my heart and I signed up for this gig and I want to help people understand their animals more so that they do all suffer less and they can heal together yeah, and and that story you told early on about the horse um, was that one of the first um, experiences you had that uh, helped you know know that you had some special insight into all of this. Yes, it was such a Maxie the horse was such a great teacher for me. I mean, her just seeing how she responded. To, and she was running in that second session, and the vet said, oh, we must have, the x-rays must have been wrong, you know, how those things go. And then more importantly, seeing that my friend and Maxie had the same energetic patterns and emotional wounds they were trying to heal together. That was magical for me. Yeah. So that yeah. really thought, wow, because there's a lot of animal lovers that if they knew that alone, they might be doing something different with their animals, with their healing practices. Yeah. Well, is I'm wondering if there's another story like that, you know, another client that, um, you know, you might want to, you know, share a, a, a different type of story. Around them healing together? Or or just, you know, the, the human-animal connection, you know, something that, um, you know, stood out as special or surprised you or was revealing. You know, I, th- there's one that's popping up as you're saying that, so I'm going to assume it's the right and perfect one. I received a call from someone who certainly it was way out of the box for her to call me <laughs> because she was she was unfamiliar with any holistic practices and I work over the phone with animals and she called me and said that her she had adopted a cat that had been urinating outside of the box and she loved the cat but for 2 years she had done everything possible to help the cat stop this process with her vet from medications and she didn't want to have her cat on medications everything that the vet said she had tried trainers had come over you know and she said you're my last hope if this doesn't work I'm returning this cat or I'm taking it to the pound as she said and so we did a session and when I tapped into the animal's energy field I felt a bunch of anger from her and of course those situations are going to create anger in the house. You've got an animal that's urinating on all of your stuff. Of course, that's going to create right. anger, so there's no judgment. But when we, when she, you know, we talked after the session, I asked her and I said, is there anything in your life that you're angry about? 
And then there was this long, silent, you know, pause, pregnant pause. And then she just started crying. And she said, oh, my gosh, I hate my job. And I said, and then, and she said, and I get in my car and I hate my boss. And all the way home, all I say is if this cat has urinated outside the box again, I'm going to be furious. So in that moment, we had that conversation about how, She's coming home with the anger, and the cat is saying, give it to me. I'll express it differently. I'll get rid of it. And so we talked about how she could help move out her anger. And and it was amazing to me because she said, you know, I heard from her not till six months later, and I'm always curious. And it was a long, beautiful letter that she mailed to me that said, he has never urinated outside the box since that one session and I have a treadmill at home and I'm getting a new job and I do it differently now. And, you know, those are those, you know, where she, she, by even calling me, it was so something she was never would have been open to before. And for her to be open to changing her behavior was uh, pretty amazing to me. So what you're saying is, I want to make sure I understood, you know, understood what you what you were conveying. Um, her, uh, you know, anger at her boss, her job, that you know, that angst she had there. Are you saying the cat was trying to take the anger away from her, or the cat was just acting out because she was so angry? Well, probably a little of both, you know, because when I, my next question that I had asked her, I said, are you ever able to express your anger at your boss? And she said, oh, no, I cannot say any of it. So she's pushing it down. And the whole way home, all she's saying is, you know, if this cat's doing this, I'm going to be furious. And so, yeah, I, it's, it's a little of both is how I see it. You know, the cat willingly was the host for Come home and give me your anger, but it had to move it out to show her, hey, you've got anger. That was her way. Let me help you tap into it so you can move it out. Interesting. Okay. Um, Tammy, we're going to take a little break now. Um, I I, I want to... uh, introduce uh, some of our listeners to um, a wonderful woman and her work by the name of Joe Carson. But when we get back, um, I want to talk to you about uh, some different ideas like, um, you know, how we can make our animals uh, feel better. And um, you say that there's five emotional core wounds that animals have mm-hmm. that are the same as people. Um, I, I want to kind of get into that. And um, so, so that's where we'll go. Uh, uh, when we come back. Is that okay? Great. Sounds perfect. Okay. All right. So uh, here we go. The psychic state is the collective unconscious, which is that consciousness of the planet. It's called the chthonic mind, the mind of the earth. Our ancestors understood that the animal and the divine were all connected. They were together. That there wasn't a separation. That's What we are trying to return to is that sense that our animal nature is divine. It doesn't get in the way of the divine. It gets us closer to it. What's your idea of being fully alive as a human being? Because that's what's really spiritual. Write it down. Start writing your own Bible if you want. Sex is sacred. And by that, I just mean Sweaty, fun, happy sex.
Well, you were listening to uh, a trailer from Joe Carson uh, about her uh, her book, Dancing with Gaia, and uh, it comes with a 45-page uh, mini book uh, as well as the, the DVD, and it's only $20. Uh, it is a bargain. Uh, I've seen it myself. I highly recommend it. I think it's something you'd want for your library. And uh, you can find it uh, by going to dancingwithgaia.com. DancingWithGaia.com by Joe Carson. Um, so, Tammy, um, let's uh, you know let's shift over to some of those things. Um, you know, I, I said we'd get into when we came back. Um, you know, what can we do to help our animals feel better? Well, they goodness, if I had a nickel for every time I got asked that question, <laughs> I would be rich. And I would probably just buy a, the front page of the New York Post or something that said, if you want to help your animals feel better, in a nutshell, love yourself more. I know that's really simplifying, and I'm going to get into some details for what they can do as well. But at the minimum, the more you love yourself, the more your animals are going to feel better. Does that make sense? Uh, well, it does. You know, I'm th- and I'm thinking if, um, for instance, if you know you have a partner or a marriage, or you live with your sibling or your child, um, I, I would assume from everything I've heard from you so far that if you have a good relationship with them, a loving, amicable, joyful relationship, they probably uh, feel better in that sort of environment too, uh, rather than you know one that's yeah. one of strife. Absolutely. The more peaceful the environment, you know, the more fun the environment, it's, they're going to mirror that as well. But there are always going to be teachers to help us heal anything else that we're ready to or they wouldn't be in our lives. Our, you know, our animals are divine appointments and soul contracts that we will not miss. Just like your, I love you sharing the story of your kitten and how she came to you because I thought, yes, you were able to recognize that you had signed up to have this partnership with this beautiful being that's in your life. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and honestly, you know, there was a part of me that wondered if it wasn't my other cat come back, you know, um, you know because I, I tend to believe possibly, um, you know, our pets can reincarnate and return to us. And, you know, we had mm-hmm. such a loving relationship with the two girls that passed that, um, uh, you know, I, I would have thought they would have most definitely wanted to come back, you know, and we we certainly conveyed to them how much we loved them and, you know, and, and you know, we would love it if that was their plan, <laughs> uh, you know, and then to yeah. see her, you know, you know, who looked like the one who had left us, you know, six months earlier, um, it was like, you know, well, could this really be happening or am I deluding myself, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah. But, but, yeah, I mean, you know, but taking on Lily was a big commitment because she was very sick and, um, you know, and we were lucky that the vets, you know, tried to save her, you know, and uh, um, anyway, that's a whole long story. We don't have to get into that. But, um, but yeah, you know, there, there may be something to that as well, you know, um, when you said contracts, the fact, I mean, because a lot of people maybe would not have even bothered. It would have been too much trouble, you know, rather than, right, um, right. you know, I guess it's like people who maybe take in a, 
a, an autistic child or something. You know, you you know mm-hmm. it's not going to be easy, but something compels you. Uh, you know, you feel mm-hmm. like that's what you're supposed to do. Yes, I agree with you completely, and I think that they can come back to it. You know, I I don't think we'll know completely until whenever, but but yeah, I think it's very possible, and I see a lot of people. Um, feel very much so like it's a particular animal that came back in body, and why wouldn't they be able to? Yeah. Well, you you uh, you say in your book that animals are drawn to the uh, people they choose to live with. Can you talk a little bit mm-hmm. more, uh, explain how and maybe why that happens? Well, there are a lot of different levels to that. You know, I mean, I remember when I was teaching a, a class to six- to eight-year-olds on kindness and compassion at one of the rescue organizations that I volunteer at. And, you know, this was maybe 15, 16 years ago, and I found it so interesting that they had already met all the dogs at the shelter, and I was asking them which dog was their favorite and why. You know, and the first little girl that was raising her hand, and she was so excited, just full of joy, a big smile on her face, and she said the dog that was her favorite was Chloe and 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 I said why and she said because Chloe just looked so much fun and we go be able to play together and yet when I called on the little boy sitting by himself that was very quiet in the back and he said which dog he was attracted to and I said and why and he said because he just looked like he needed a friend and he was lonely so so with children you know those things are so transparent right so so they are we're mirror we're mirrors to like beings it, you know and if you go into a shelter which is very difficult for me to do I'm sure it is for a lot of people because you just want to open every door and have them all come home mm-hmm. typically we'll be drawn to a specific animal and they will frequently tell the stories of the animals and then it really activates something within us when we can hear a similar story unconsciously, right? You know, if they've been left, you know, and not mothered as they should or not nurtured, then you can bet the part of us that didn't get nurtured and mothered is going to be drawn to want to help them in a way that we were not. You know, we're kind of activated that way. So they're going to, you know, there's going to be that connection. And then they're also going to mirror like I said, one of these or maybe multiple of these emotional core wounds that we all have, you know, and the animals do as well. So if they have invasiveness or if their emotional wound at its core is terror or betrayal, abandonment or detachment from their core self, there's going to be different things they can uh, that we can do for them depending on what their emotional core wound is to help them heal they tend to heal faster than people you know they don't overthink like we do as much it is a faster process maybe that's because they aren't here as long you know I don't know I've thought about that a lot for why they are able to heal so much more quickly but I know one of the things that expedites their healing more than anything else is when their person is also consciously trying to heal the mirroring emotional core wound, which I think and, is so and interesting. What, and and what were those uh, five emotional core wounds uh, again? Would you mind repeating those? I would not mind. Um, it's invasiveness, betrayal, abandonment, terror, and then a detachment from core self which is typically the older souls. I don't have as many of those clients. 
And and what do you mean by invasiveness? I mean, any time at all that there was inappropriate invasiveness with the animal, and it could be anywhere from um, them having an attack. You know, if they're out in the wild or their kitten and the dog came along and they were carried in the dog's mouth for a while, any type of invasiveness into their energy. It could be something small or it could be um, something larger like what I just mentioned. So if they were attacked, you know, I work on – I work on some dogs at rescues that have had some pretty bad invasiveness in their background from people. It could be anywhere from over-smothering them when they're very little to um, to a person that's maybe even abused them in some way. But that right. certainly would be considered invasiveness into okay. something that wasn't okay with them. Yeah. Now, you have a section in the book called The Purpose, and um, uh, it talks about the animal's higher purpose in our lives. Um, You know, I I wouldn't imagine most people think that uh, such a thing could be going on. You know, that uh, that seems, uh, you know, so cosmic, and it, it seems so metaphysical and deep. Um, you know, so speak to that a little bit. Yeah, you know, the, the higher purpose of the animals is, is my very favorite section of the book. I always hope that people will read that and really let that soak in because it helps to, it helps people to get out of the physical, emotional triggers and help them to rise above the conditions that they don't want to see and find the higher purpose in it or that it could have served in their life. If we look back at the animals that we're in our lives, sometimes we reflect, it's a little easier to see that all three of my animals passed in the middle of my spiritual awakening because they signed up to get me to that point and then I got it. And I was known hmm. that they were no longer needed to help me any further. I needed new teachers to get me to the next level, but they carry me to that point. And you'll hear about that frequently for people that they'll have multiple, you know, especially when they're going through uh, big transformational years are preparing them for big transformational times in their lives. And so there could be, I'm trying to think of a story I can share with you about a higher purpose. So I remember working on a horse at Save the Horses in Coming, Georgia. And I was, I was uh, facilitating a, uh, a workshop, a healing touch for animals. And when people would hear Roy's, that he was a cart horse and his shoulders were bad and poor Roy, you know, it's like people want to go, oh, and down goes the vibration, right? Everybody hears the story and everybody goes down with poor Roy. And Roy may not be vibrating at poor Roy, right? So, Mm -hmm. yes, when I connected with him, um, did I get that his shoulders were sore? Sure. But he started showing me visual after visual of the joy of the children that rode in the cart of the purpose that he had. And yes, you know, he did it and he worked for a living, but he signed up for that journey to bring joy to the people that were in the cart behind him. And he really liked that, you know. So he became, he became the meet and greet horse. He, was a, he, he roamed the entire area amongst the cars that saved the horses because he, was, he signed up. He's a, I believe he was a very old soul. And he, if he didn't have a purpose, 
he didn't want to be here. He wanted to serve people yeah. and, and raise their vibration, bring joy to them. So there's a higher purpose where sometimes we get real focused on, oh, his pain, and he didn't want to do this, and he just should be roaming free. And there's a higher purpose to them wanting to educate and bring joy to people. Interesting. Well, you know, um, I'll I'll share something with you, and and you know, and I'd love your feedback um, uh, because you're making me think uh, about uh, you know my, my you know baby Zena who passed away, and I really felt um, you know I'd, I'd have to give more thought to maybe what her life you know the 20 years I had her you know what what she brought, you know, what lessons she brought to me then. But I can tell you in her death, um, I I felt like there were, um, she helped me understand and heal two very deep wounds that I carried for a really long time. Um, The first Mm -hmm. one was I had a really complicated relationship with my mother, uh, like so many of us do. You know, I I never felt, Mm -hmm. I mean, like I don't even think my mother even had read my books. Uh, And it was, you know, just a, uh, you know, it it, it was a disappointing relationship. I'd I'd hoped that there would have been so much more to it than than what it was. And, um, you know, as an adult, you know, I moved across the country and, um, you know, we weren't close. And it was interesting because the night Zena died, um, I didn't sleep most of the night, but when I finally went to sleep, um, I saw Zena in my dream, and uh, which which I have to say totally surprised me, totally surprised me. And um, and in the dream, I'm standing at a table looking over the edge, and on the floor I see Zena as her younger self, and she wasn't sick anymore, and she looked bright and light, and she was playing. You know, she used to love to you know kind of dig in the trash can and you know pull all the stuff out and play with it, and that's what she was doing. And I, I there was somebody standing next to me, and I was tugging on the person's arm, saying. Look, look at Zena. Do you see her? Do you see her too? And I didn't realize it at first, but it, within a couple seconds, I realized it was my mother who had passed away. And she said to me, uh, Don't worry, I'm going to take care of her for you. And mm. oh, I'm kind of emotional just re- even repeating this. And But it yeah. was funny because, because I felt like in that moment, she tried to make up to me for the pain and the disappointment uh, in our lives together. You know, this was like her gesture um, because even when she passed, I didn't dream about her, but yet she comes to me in this, you know, uh, this this horrible moment of grief, you know, when, you mm-hmm. know, here Zena had passed the night before. And um, so I felt like, you know, she, Zena facilitated, you know, this healing with my mother. And the other part of it, too, was, um, you know, uh, you know, in the nights that followed, you know, uh, you know, I still in grief. I, um, you know, there was this weird sort of, um, you know, I started thinking, you know, she had brought so much love to my life. And now, um, there was this emptiness, you know, because she wasn't there anymore. And it occurred to me, you know, I made the connection in that moment that um, 
uh, how it must be for other people who maybe never have love in their life. Um, maybe mm-hmm. that's why people do some of the ugly things they do to each other, you know, because they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're in pain. They don't know love. They don't know compassion. Mm-hmm. And I guess in that in, in that moment, Tammy, I felt like. Um, in, in the absence of her, in the pain of not having her anymore, and having her not having her in my life, uh, that comfort, you know, that she brought, it helped me understand maybe other people, I think, and have compassion for them, and maybe even forgive some people who have been horrible to me, you know, for no good reason. And and mm-hmm. I so I, I don't know. Hearing you um, talk about this. I, you know, I wonder if if those things were part of her purpose. Yes, yes. I mean, because you can tell because it's it's opening your heart and it's healing, and so you can bet that there's some contract between even Zena and your mom to do this for you. So I love your story. Thank you for sharing that. Those are the types of things that help you know and find comfort in the fact that you've had this big loss in your life, you know, where your heart is hurting from such a long and beautiful relationship. You know, I love that story. Well, you know, it, um, yeah, it, 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 it gave me comfort and, you know, it, uh, and I'll be honest with you, it was a real surprise. Um, I know, Mm -hmm. you know, not in a million years was I looking for that or thought she could anyway be connected to helping me with any of those, um, issues, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but there it was, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was, it was, uh, it felt undeniable, you know. Wow, oh, it's so um, nice that you're able to see the gifts in such a you know in such a hard time, you know. So that's that's a gift in of itself. So do you think um do you think animals can read our mind? Yes, I do. <laughs> they can read well, especially get those visuals. You know, like what I talked about a little bit earlier about seeing the visuals of what we're going to do before we do it. That's how they know you're pulling in the driveway for the dog, you know, and those types yeah. of things. So, yes, that's, that's why they're, they, you know, they, they live in the right side of their brain. They don't unlearn and are taught to live more on the left side. So they're much more intuitive, you know. And that in of itself is going to help them know much more about us than we know about them. And it's really, I just did a talk on this the other day about how to deepen your intuitive relationship with your animals. And so much of that is just believing and trusting your gut feeling and relationship with them over anything else versus giving your power away to someone else that you think might be more in touch with your animal than you are. And it's important for people to realize that they can trust those little gut nudges when they intentionally connect heart-to-heart with their animals. Because we know our animals better than anyone, right? Well, I, I mean, would We hope. know what they're looking for <laughs> and what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for right. the most part, you know, if we get real clear and believe that we can be communicating with them, you know, that we can read their minds as well as theirs, you know, ours, theirs, then it's going to help us with a lot of decisions we make. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, you know, you're making me think, too, about the, you know, the people who, you know, the their animals um, 
I don't know how do I even language this. You know, uh, you know, they're they're kind of just an amusement, or uh, you know, they don't really have a relationship with them beyond maybe right. you know giving them a food bowl or something. You yeah. know, maybe they yeah. even live outside and never get to come in, and you know, there's no right. emotional connection. And um, you know, the, uh, hearing everything you've said that. Um, those sorts of relationships, um, they really, um, those are sad when you think about it, you know, because the missed opportunity, because of the lack of awareness, or maybe that's part of, um, you know, this, what we're talking about here, you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for someone to, um, not be that way in a sense, you know, um, I don't know if I'm making any sense. Yeah, um, you are, yeah. And I agree with uh, you, know, you in that they're going to be missing, they're going to be missing out, but I also accept the fact that maybe they both signed up for that way of life together, you know, in yeah. some way. And, and some people don't get as close, you know, animals don't become their best or school teachers like those of us who let them all get in our hearts and hole up there, you know, and the closer we get, you know, with our heart connection with our animals, then the universe will use them for our, you know, highest good and vice versa, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so I do think they're missing out, yes, but I do understand that some people just don't, don't have that desire to want to get closer to animals. Yeah. You know, or or they, you know, I mean, you know, there's some people who, um, you know, don't even think they're, you know, a sentient being, you know, that uh, yeah. they're, they're, just, they're, they're just a dumb, they're just a dumb animal, you know, uh, I mean, right. I, how yeah. many times have I heard that in my life, you know, they're just a dumb animal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I have a caller and, uh, just in case they have a question for you, um, do you mind taking a question, Tammy, if they, uh, if they of have course. one for you? Okay. Let's sure. see. They may just be listening and that's okay too, but we're going to give it a shot. Hi caller from, uh, the 917 area code. Uh, did you have a question for Tammy? Uh, can I ask a question about why my dog is having a difficult time eating his food and did you could you hear her Tammy she's asking uh she wants to know if she can ask you uh why her dog might be having a difficult time eating his food is this a is this a new behavior or has they it has it always going. been this way he likes to treat but then he doesn't eat the other food, you know. He like has a little bit of a challenge with uh, eating food. He wants the and snacks you... that I make for him at home. Oh, sorry. So, so it's more of a preference of one food over the other, you mean, or, yeah, or but a certain I, consistency yeah, of food? I, yeah, exactly. And I can't like give him like cooked beef every day. That's very expensive. I don't have that, so I don't know what to do. Right. Well, maybe there's another option for you regarding a food that he might like more that's not as labor-intensive for you as well. I tried everything. Yeah? I tried everything, yes. Salmon with the food mixed mixed regular, yeah. And he just doesn't want to eat it. And he will eat it like three days later. Then he'll eat it when he gets really hungry. Right. <laughs> so 
Lisa, we have a picky animal in the house, and, and I've had a picky animal in the house before, too. Um, but but I'm also a picky eater, so I always look at it that they were mirroring me in some way. And and that's is. Do you find that as well? Are you particular with your food? He, he's like, yeah, I'm very particular with my food. If I don't like my food, I'm not going to enjoy it. And but right. I, I still have to eat something, so I'll eat it. But you know, I try to enjoy something about it at least. But he right now he's like basically sitting in the area where he's like he's hungry and he wants me to feed him. But if I make that food right. for him, he's not going to eat. But he's, like, waiting for me to give him some food. I can tell. He's like a little boy waiting okay, for Okay, so food. I hear you saying that you're kind of, you know, I'm hearing that you're kind of mirroring each other with your pickiness level. So if you really want to try and change him, I will give you a couple tips that you can try. But I have a feeling you guys are both picky. So try to, A, fill the food with love. That may seem a little woo-woo, but just try that. And then any expectation you have around him not eating, try to get those thoughts out of your mind. Or if you catch yourself thinking, he's not going to eat it, then just kind of pivot your thought and then kind of say, okay, I'm going to fill this food with love and I'm going to see him eating it sooner than what he has before and see him enjoying it again. Maybe put a little warm water on it or something and just try some visualizations to see if that will help you. Yeah. Get right. All right. Well, thank you, caller. (laughs) Thank you for calling in. We appreciate, uh, we, we appreciate you calling and good luck with that. We hope it works out. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck for me. Okay. <laughs> Good night. Thanks for calling. Um, and I have one other caller, Tammy. Do you still have a moment? Sure. Okay, let's give it a shot. Hi, caller from the 262 area code. Did you have a question for Tammy? Hi, Tammy. I do. Um, my dog has a lump on the side of her, and the doctor keeps saying it's fine, but it keeps getting bigger and I'm just sort of always fixated on it and worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be very difficult, can't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay, I'm going to give you a couple tools to help you through this. Um, Because I know what that's like when there's a physical ailment on our animal and we kind of get into fear and then we see it growing and think, oh, my gosh. Now, how long have you been with your animal? Um, About four years, I think. Yeah, so there's there's a love bond, it sounds like. Enough time to certainly love on each other. So, A, you know, you can try some holistic modality to try to, to help it. And then, B, what I just said to the previous caller around trying to pivot your thoughts on seeing it go down, you know, and, and really visualizing a more positive outcome, fill your hand with love and touch it. And then the other thing is really helping yourself get some um, help with trying to help move out your fears and your grief around it because this situation is popping up in your life to help you actually tag team some maybe in the past some grief or some fears of something bad that happened that you don't want to have happen bad again, right? So that's going to help you 
to move out some of your emotions around it because the clearer that you get, then it's going to set up a better healing environment for both of you. So that's what okay. I would, that's what I think most is going to help is if you're able to, to kind of meditate, you know, exercise, whatever you do that helps you move out your own fears around it. And then you'll have clarity for what you need to do. And if there's something more physical you need to do to help, then that may come through and you'll have that knowing. But when we're stuck in the fear, because, of course, we don't want them to suffer and we don't want it to be something serious, but those thoughts, if we don't actively help move them out in a healthy way, can kind of interfere with you getting clarity of staying in your adult so that you can make those decisions on his behalf. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for calling, caller, and good luck with, uh, you know, with, with your uh, beloved pet. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're right. welcome. So, um, Tammy, you know, this brought up for me a question. You know, if you have a pet that has a chronic health problem, because, uh, you know, cats tend to, um, I mean, I know more about cats. So, you know, cats often have um you know, renal problems, and uh, I know people that have had yeah. to give their cats, you know, lactated ringers, you know, for, uh, you know, that's that's a liquid under their skin uh, to help support their mm. kidneys sometimes for years. Um, you know, is, is, is sometimes a chronic illness just an illness, or should we, um, you know, how do we know if it's maybe something else? Yes, it can be just an illness, especially if, if they signed up for we all, I believe, all beings kind of sign up to to choose certain ways to exit, you know, and sometimes that's through a, man, a physical manifestation in our bodies. And I also believe that there's a higher purpose to the relationship part, meaning at a soul level, um, you, you know, for the per- person that has a cat that had renal failure that continues to give treatments and everything, it could be that they signed up for um, that. The person said to the animal soul, Hey, do this for me so that I can learn patience so that I can learn compassion through this process with you, you know? So yeah. there's always many levels to the relationship. So it can, it can be about the bonding that happens during that time. Now I've been through that. And what I learned from it is that diet matters with my animals because I won't give them a grained food again, you know, because that's the biggest cause of cats with renal failure, you know. And and so there, you know, like I said, there are lots of different learnings you can get from those situations. I don't want to have to see one of my animals go through that again. That doesn't mean they won't, but I'm hoping not because it is a big undertaking for both. So, right. Yeah. So yes, it can. It can. You know, there's always that higher. You know, what you what you're learning at a soul level together, what you signed up to go through together, and it and it can be a lot about that when there's a a long physical manifestation. It can be about the person learning certain emotional attributes through that process. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, maybe for someone who was. Um, I don't know, not very nurturing or um, mm-hmm. detached, um, you know, having to go through something like that would, um, you know, maybe um, uh, nurture those sorts of uh, attributes in them that maybe they'd, they'd never had a chance to um, uh, nurture in themselves before. Yes, absolutely, because when we can do that for our animals, that means we're learning to do it for ourselves. Yeah, 
yeah. yeah. Or or maybe can even do it for another human, um, you know, yeah. where maybe we hadn't done it before. So um, so let me ask you this. Do you recommend, um, like, for instance, if, if our animals are a sponge and they sort of pick up on what we're going through, should that mean, you know, that, that we uh, would go, should go in another room or something if we're having – you know, if we're experiencing grief or upset or or something like that, should we try to buffer them from, you know, these sort of uh, fear or negative feelings or pain? You know, a lot of people ask me that because, of course, they are, you know, some of them more than others, depending on their emotional wounds. Some of the emotional wounds are more uh, uh, sensitive and, and really signed up to absorb more of our emotional issues. But know that at a soul level, we are connected heart to heart, soul to soul, all the time. So if you're in Europe and I'm in you know, Australia, they're still going to feel it. So it doesn't necessarily matter if you go to another room. Just know that what you're releasing in a healthy way through crying, through, you know, exercising, whatever you're doing to release those emotions, releasing them, they're not going to absorb those as much as those ones that we're not looking at, at the repressed ones, at the emotional wounds that we have not uh, healed. Those are the ones that they're going to be absorbing more and are going to show up more physically on them. Okay. Um, can you take another call, Tammy, or are you running short on time? Sure. No, that's fine. Okay. Let, okay. All right. Let's see. Mm-hmm. A hi, hi, caller from the two hundred one area code. Um, do, do you have a question for Tammy? Yes. Um, uh, my name is Jackie, and hi, Jackie. I have a hi. I have a multiple that I rescued and this dog has brought me so much comfort um, mm. she, from the minute I saw her I knew that my mother would love her and I've been dealing with my mother's you know the loss of my mother and this dog mm-hmm. is everything to me you know I just wish she could talk and I know that she feels my energy sometimes and she's She's completely different with me than she is with everybody else in the household. And I, I don't want her to be sad when I'm sad because I cling to this dog. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I really wish that she could talk. Yeah. And so, did you, did you so have a question? Did you question? have a question, Colin? Well, I, I, I just feel like she, she's, my little, she's my little miracle. We named her Miracle. She was she was sent to me at a time in my life, and you know I just want to know you know are you able to sense what she feels, how she's doing? I mean, was well, she just a gift to me? Well, it sounds like you already know exactly why she's in your life, right? And that she signed up to be this wonderful um, gift, and it does sound because you're so emotionally attached to her. You know, my sense is that is that both of you have some uh, abandonment in your background that you're healing together, you know, mm-hmm. and and that that strong love bond to help you through difficult times. I mean, she's opening your heart in a way and showing you unconditional love in a way you have not seen before, correct? Yes. Yeah. So she's teaching you about the importance of unconditional love in your life and that it is 
possible. And once we have an animal that comes in our life and opens up our heart in a way that we have not ever had it open before, then they mm-hmm. are a true gift for us and helping us through those times. So give her gratitude all the time. You know, and I'm sure that you do. And it's okay. You, it sounds like you two really signed up for this journey together and that she's probably one of your biggest teachers in your life. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, she, she's walked me through some things, honestly. And sometimes, like, she winks at me the same way my mother winks at me. Like, I feel like oh, my mother is in this dog at times. She may pop in and say hey there through her, absolutely. Mm. Well, thank you so much, mm. Carla. I, I appreciate, I appreciate you reaching really out question. to us tonight. Right. Well, thank you for really sharing sharing that the, the lovely you. bond that you have with your with your wonderful yeah. pet. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, Tammy, you know that that lady made me really think. Uh, you know, think about even my Lily uh, in, in a slightly differently. You know, um, you know, here Lily came into our life. She had been abandoned. We were in such grief. You know, just like this mm-hmm. lady who was just talking about losing her mother. Um, you know, it it kind of feels like you know maybe uh, the universe put us together because we needed each other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they show up in our lives for a reason. And and so some people get worried about, oh, my gosh, this animal is absorbing a lot of my stuff. I'm in this horrible space. I've recently been through this, too, because I have two new ones. And they, they're here to help us through those times. And they're serving. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, they, they have their soul's agenda as well. So it's not a bad thing to let them help us through difficult times because what if that helps them evolve and on the other side they're getting high fives when they cross over, you know. Right. Um, oh my gosh, right. you know, I got I got to she let me check off everything on my list. I got to help, I got to serve in that way. So yeah. it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that animals can do for us. Absolutely. Well, Tammy, um, I um, I can't think of anything else I wanted to ask you. Um, or is there anything I, um, you know, that maybe I've forgotten or or has come to you that you feel uh, you want to share with listeners tonight? I just want to tell people to be a role model for love, just like their animals are, and that when they're able to quiet their inner critics that their animals are definitely doing high fives for them on their behalf because that's what they're modeling for us, unconditional love. So when we unconditionally love ourselves, it's a win-win for everyone. Well, sounds like good advice. Uh, Well, Tammy, thank you so much uh, for a, a lovely show tonight and such you know, heartwarming uh, advice and inspiration and wisdom. Um, I feel like you've brought, uh, you know, so much uh, to all of us tonight. And uh, I would certainly recommend, uh, you know, everyone listening to get your book. And, you know, I'm sure there's more there that, you know, we didn't get a chance to go into tonight. Um, So I'll uh, give the title again. It's uh, Soul Healing with Our Animal Companions, The Hidden Keys to a deeper animal human connection and i would imagine you could get it at all the usual places uh amazon uh, barnes and noble local bookstores yes 
Inner Traditions, IndieBound.org, absolutely. And um, uh, what about a website, Tammy? Is there anything else you might want to mention uh, to uh, uh, send people to look at your work? Yes, TammyBillups.com, T-A-M-M-Y, B as in boy, I-L-L-U-P-S. My events are on there. My other books are on there, my meditation CD. So I welcome you. Hopefully I'll come to your town one time soon. And we'll be able to meet, and I can see pictures of their animals. <laughs> well, now so, I know you're uh, you're located out. in you're located in Georgia. Um, uh, when you do travel, what type of um, you know do you do workshops or um, I, I workshops don't think you actually and book do book signings? Okay. Okay, all right, sounds good. And I do all the um, sessions. I work globally on sessions on people and animals because I do them over the phone. Energetically, we're a thought away. So this is how I work with animals. So certainly my practice is helping animals heal holistically, um, you know, nationwide. And like I said, I have many clients in Europe as well. Okay. Well, well, Tammy, thank you so much uh, for the work you're doing out there in the world. Um, I mean, look at the people tonight that you've touched and, uh, you know, uh, are, are making a difference, uh, too. So, um, you know, kudos thank to you, you. and uh, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Karen. I enjoyed this immensely. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, it, thank you, too. I've enjoyed it myself. Good. Okay, good. Thank you, Karen. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, if you're new to Voices of the Sacred Feminine, um, I hope you will um, hit the follow button on my show page, and uh, uh, that way you get uh, news every week of, um, you know, the latest guest that I'm chatting with. Uh, We talk about all sorts of things uh, from the topic like we had tonight, um, you know, I've had animal communicators on the show. Uh, we have scholars, visionaries, uh, political pundits, um, you know, women. We talk about women's issues, uh, spirituality, religion, politics, uh, sexuality, uh, all sorts of things. It's a really big umbrella here, um, you know, and uh, I'm so glad to have listeners uh, all across the globe, men and women alike. And I just want to thank the folks who called in tonight. Uh, I appreciate uh, your interest in the show, and I hope you will uh, become a listener. Uh, So that about does it uh, for me tonight. Uh, Just a reminder that uh, next week I will have Carol Christ on the show, and we're going to be talking about um, um, uh, goddess spirituality and egalitarian matriarchal societies and uh, what we think the values um, of those sorts of groups would be, uh, because I think sometimes we get hung up in, um, you know, maybe learning about goddesses or learning how to do ritual or finding out about wheel of the year rich, uh, you know, wheel of the year rituals or, um, I don't know, doing tarot, Reiki, energetics. I mean, oh, it's a multitude of things that uh, you end up coming in contact with once you uh, discover the sacred feminine. And um, I think um, oftentimes, though, we forget that it's important 
important uh, to think about the values uh, that uh, come along with um, goddess spirituality and the sacred feminine or divine feminine. Uh, we forget about the importance of maybe reconciling our spirituality and, and politics. You know, we forget about, um, um, you know, are we being the best version of ourselves we can be? Are we being our authentic self? Uh, and what does that look like? And, you know, do we know who we are? Or, or are we just some shadow of who the media tells us we should be? Do we know what we really like and want? Uh, or are we just being, you know, led by the nose, um, you know, as, a con- as an uber consumer? Uh, those sorts of things. So, anyway, um, uh, I would invite you to... Um, you know, to uh, listen to the show next Wednesday. Uh, we air uh, almost every Wednesday of the month. Uh, and uh, Carol, Chris, and I will be talking about some of those issues. And then again, on June 20th, uh, Barbara Hand Clow, uh, she will be with me, and we're going to be talking about um, uh, her trilogy. And the most recent one uh, is uh, Revelations of uh, the Aquarian Age. Uh, and it's a book about, uh, you know, some of the characters are Jesus and Mary Magdalene uh, and alchemy and the Knights Templar and all of that uh, juicy stuff that uh, so many of us uh, really enjoy um, you know, enjoy reading about. Uh, so that about does it for me t- uh, for tonight, listeners. Uh, I hope you're having a wonderful summer. Um, you know, as I uh, say so often to close the show, uh, remember what you focus on, what you give your attention to, uh, that survives and thrives, whether it be a good thing or a bad thing. So be very careful what you're putting your energy into. Um, and uh, the flip side of that coin is what you neglect, uh, it withers. So uh, make sure you are not neglecting things that are important to you. And be sure you do neglect the things that no longer serve. All right, then. Good night, and until next week, this is Karen Tate and Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Good night.